Hey, you're listening to the Church League Podcast. Uh, the Super Bowl is happening this weekend, and it's going to be in Las Vegas. So are good things even going to come from this? It's going to be an interesting conversation. Caitlin Clark is going to eventually break the all-time scoring record against uh, somebody else, I guess. Uh, it, great conversation this week. It's going to be a good one. Let's get started. Hey, welcome to the Church League Podcast. It's Roman, as always, joined by James and Corey. How are you guys doing? Good, good. Another beautiful day. Cold. It is cold. Living the dream. Homeschool group's back. It's a bustling, busy day at the church building. It is. I have an Instant Pot in my office now, and we are. looks like we're doing a Kumbaya session around some tortillas. We are. And about to break bread. We have uh, have a, (laughs) we have a family here at church that's moving. They're moving to Tennessee. Near uh, Memphis area, uh, rip. That uh, sucks. Ooh, yeah. is that where it is? It yeah. is north of Memphis. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, is correct. Yeah. But um, but they've got a lot of children's stuff out here. So if you're listening, you want to come by the office and pick up some stuff. Some It'll junk. probably be here a week from now when this goes live. It will be. It'll be. <laughs> it'll still be here. Um, or some helmets. If you're in need of wearing a helmet on a regular yeah, basis, yeah, a small there. baseball helmet. There, we got two of them. There's also a baby that I hid in the freezer, uh, a fake one, yes. not a real baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here we are. Uh, a fake one, not no, a real one. All right, uh, so how can we get in less trouble? Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super, <laughs> Super Bowl. Uh, before we get into the Super Bowl, because it's going to be most of our episode, clearly, um, well, let's talk a little bit about some some basketball, uh, because I, w- I would just say the NBA. We'll talk about the, the NBA, but I'm sure there's some college stuff, too. Um, uh, NBA, Joel Embiid, torn meniscus um, on... What looked like the softest injury I've ever seen in my life. James and I watched the replay in my office. It it looked like it. I don't. You know when like the doctor like hits your knee and it like kind of pops up or whatever. Yeah, little, that's what like it looked a little like. Reflex thing. Yeah, that's what it looked like. It would have been not nah, tormentous. It's wild. It like just flattened to the ground. Yeah, I from don't, three inches in the air and dude, listen. I don't know. You're soft, Embiid. I'm so. Yeah, drink, drink I'm some so, milk. I'm so he needs some milk. Drink some joint juice. I'm so tired of the process. Like I'm so tired of the process. Hey, this is part of the process. This yeah, but like that his entire recovery, his entire existence is a process. It feels like it's so frustrating. I feel bad. Fans are already like messaging and they're like he won't have a chance to repeat as MVP because they put a stipulation on how many games played. Right. Yeah. yeah. So like if he sits out for a certain amount of time. He is. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. But if you're if you're if you're so counting good. his how good he is by how many MVPs he wins and not championships, then what are we talking about? I don't think he'll ever have a championship, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, not in Philly. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I don't think in Philly. No. Um, yeah, they're trying. Yeah, uh, Tyrese Maxey is he's impressive. Legit. He yeah. is very good, and he was one of those. He's one of those few like. People were following him in high school, like, mm-hmm. and has made it and actually been successful. He's one of the few people to actually have done that. Um, you guys ever remember the? It was a Jelly Fam, and they were out of New York, and no, no, it was like a huge like YouTube like sort of sensation. And there was like three or four guys, and they were called Jelly Fam, and they would do all these like instead of dunking, which they all could easily do. They were like they dude, would do these like crazy like they dude, all look like uh, finger rolls or whatever, rolls, but they would okay. do them like kind of all over. So one of those guys, the the main guy, I should be able to remember. I think his last name was Washington. He went to like Minnesota and just like 
just was terrible. Just so sad. Layups all over. But he was he was like you know best player in in New York. He you know won, I think he won like player of the year or whatever. It was it was impressive to see. But he looks, in my opinion, I think he looks like a big child. Yeah, I know it's the hair and like he's always smiling. I don't know. He's Tyrese just, Maxey. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He looks almost like a Cabbage Patch doll. He does. Yeah, I there mean, it, it, it does look like the fake. Like, I don't, and I always, I was like, there's surely his hair like hits his eye every now That's and then. That's gotta be annoying. That's gotta be painful. Yeah, I, I don't even know. <laughs> you want to win a championship, dude? Cut your hair. Yeah, please, please. At least the front of it. There's a guy. <laughs> so there's a guy in disc golf. Seems Calvin Heimberg who. He cuts his hair at the beginning of every season, and he doesn't cut it until the very end. Like he doesn't cut it till it's over. And I want to be like, listen, dude, right before like Worlds or something, cut the hair, man. Like yeah. surely, because it's he has like a fro, like Will Ferrell sort of fro ish. Uh, so it can and get sloppy. It's gross, right? Yeah. Campbell, if you're listening to this, your hair. This is what I'm talking about. Figure that out, please. Um, Shave it. Yeah, it's time. It's unnecessary. Um, Either that or just get a perm. Yeah, I, you know well, he kind of already has one. He d- it does feel like he already has one. Tyrese Maxey with a perm would be <laughs> well, it'd be more Jerry Curl esque. I guess. I well, guess. Yeah, he'd have to like straighten it out, and then uh, yeah, that'd be good. I think it'd be fantastic. That'd be good. Um, Maybe they'll do that for the preseason pictures, like um, <laughs> like Jimmy Butler like does. Jimmy Butler. I love yeah. that Jimmy Butler just trolls the entire NBA. I think I it's it. so funny. Um, all right, so no Embiid, and I, I don't know. Does a torn meniscus make you out for the season? No, um, I think they're they're not targeting for a long period of time, but they're gonna they're gonna give him more time than he needs because they're they gonna make to. the playoffs because yeah. the they're trying to win a championship and they, they don't their team doesn't care about MVPs their fans no longer care about getting there and getting close they need a championship. Well, they're sitting at fifth of the Eastern Conference yeah. right now, so they're doing okay right now. I mean, they're only two games up on the sixth seed, so I mean, they have to still kind of hang around. You yeah. But that's the thing with the play-in stuff, and you want to stay out of the play-in. But who's their backup center? Who do we know? Uh, Anybody? Uh, <laughs> do they have one? Um, <laughs> let me be honest, guys. Mo Bamba. Is oh, it Mo Bamba? He, yeah, no, he's terrible. Um, but he's he's there. He's athletic and he's defensively pretty solid. This but guy is seven foot tall and two hundred and thirty pounds. No, I know. <laughs> so like, he, he is. So guys like him haven't had a chance to be I've in long term. As like a long term fixture on a team to yeah. prove that they're any good. I so think he like, is just like a little bit better version of JaVale McGee, basically. Well he um, could be who, Mo he Bamba? Could, yeah. He could be DeAndre Ayton if you let him play, but you never know. No, I know. I mean, and that's the and DeAndre Ayton may not may be Mo Bamba if you had somebody else in front of him. No. So. Well, I mean, you got like Mikhail Bridges was a great example yeah. of that when he left when he got traded from Phoenix to Brooklyn. Like, and then people were like, Oh, he's he's a bucket. Like he's gonna he can score. I think what people don't realize is that almost every NBA player has the ability to be that if they were to receive those kinds of minutes, but they they don't. I'm not obviously not every NBA player, but there. If you gave an NBA level talent thirty minutes a game, more often than not, if they are like if they are a, a point guard or a shooting guard. In the way that the NBA is set up today, they're going to score a fair amount of points. Yeah, yeah. it's just by getting your shot. Yeah, like getting that chance. Like the, going back to a Jamory Lynn days, like he, yeah. he got a chance and he played hard, and you know, which I think the NBA is one of those few, one of the, you know, one of the sports where that really like your shot, like really matters. Not like your shooting shot, but like your yeah. opportunity, like really matters. Um, and you got to, you have to make the most of it. Well, his roster sizes are smaller, so you, you know your percentage of getting out there are a little bit better. Well, that's why. Oh, yeah. yeah, a lot of. 
budding talents, maybe guys that are trying to establish themselves just don't want to go to the Celtics, right? Because yeah. you're only going to get in on second string, and you really the, the the time to prove yourself is so much smaller there. We're like send me to the Wizards, yeah, and let me you know maybe so. And the Wizards is probably watch, the worst watch example Jordan because pull, pull from half court, man, stuff. that is a terrible place to have to go prove yourself because there's no team play going on there. Everyone's just trying to They're atrocious prove themselves and get get out of there. Yeah, but um, there are some scenarios. I think the Toronto is going to be a good scenario. I think that's a good environment for a team to kind of be found and now yeah. they're kind of rebuilding um the pacers are a good scenario where guys they're gonna they're gonna play who can score because they don't have a main you know historically main guy that you know yeah. you have to give the ball to Halliburton's becoming that but you got you got a chance yeah. so there's a multiple players that can sort of lead the team in any given day but there are, there are certain franchises where you know you're not gonna be there and have the opportunity unless lebron says you're the next you know, how about this? Alex Caruso? Yeah. Looking at the standings, the Pistons. Do y'all know the record? It's not good. Six and forty-three. Yeah, man. Yeah, they're atrocious. I might go up there and see if I can get on. Well, you might be able to walk on, dude. They held. They actually had a walk-on tryout already in Detroit. Man, I should have gone. It was. It's so funny to watch because, like, every time they lose, it's like a picture of like Cade Cunningham like being sad, and it's yeah. really funny. I feel bad for that guy because he's actually talented. They should have picked up Mark Wahlberg. What was that football movie? Vince Papali. Oh the yeah, yeah. Um, Invincible or Invincible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, what's what's kind of crazy is if you can go back and you can look through. I mean, they they've obviously they've had a few blowouts, but most of these games are pretty close. Like they're it's not like they're losing by fifteen twenty every night. It's consistently within like ten, which sucks. Because that means you're almost there. Let's let's talk about this though. Teams that are playing the Pistons, oftentimes are sitting out some of their main guys on those rest days, or they, it gets to a point maybe in the third quarter where it's where it's too sure you know, the margin is too much, and so they sit your guys, and it looks closer than it was. Um, the other day, the Lakers they beat the Celtics, and the Celtics had their main guys. Lakers didn't have AD or LeBron. They had Austin Reeves. and they had, But they won. They did win. So the Pistons aren't a team that can put even their starters in a scenario like that and challenge a team to be able to win yeah. like Boston, where the Lakers are just at a different level with their bench guys, which is interesting. And so is that just morale, or is that, or is the Lakers bench better than the starters for the Pistons? Because I don't believe that to be true. I don't think – I'm looking at the roster right now. I don't think you guys could name two players on that team. For the Pistons? Mm-hmm. Um, Kate Cunningham. Kate Cunningham. Okay, one more. Um, <laughs> um, no, do they on. have a Bogdanovich or one of those guys? Okay, he lucked out. There he is. Um, yes. I've got a fantasy, yeah, NBA fantasy thing that fantasy I'm playing right basketball? now. Fantasy basketball. I, oh, I yeah, did it dude. for the kids, and then I just oh, keep doing it. That's tough. Yeah. I've done that before. They've got a um, Zubat. Zubak, He's not on there, is he? No. He's okay, not he's he plays maybe with the Clippers. I'm th- the colors though. I'm I'm. Close. Okay. So I got yeah. two. There's they got no. Sasser? Marcus Sasser? Yeah, from he was the Houston guy last year that like was incredible. What do you think? Yeah. Who were the last draft picks that would have been worth taking? They got him. They still have Joe Harris hanging around. Yeah, they do. Alec Burks. He was supposed to be super good. They have Danilo Gallinari. Guys. I was about to say, come on. Like the, the Bogdanovich, that could there's two guys with basically the same last name. One place for them and one place. <laughs> James <for> Wiseman. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm basically um, increasing the odds, but just saying a name that's close to a name that could be like I could have said. There's a Smith that plays on their team, right? 
Is there a Smith? There's pro. No, there's no. Smith. Oh, there's Jaden Ivy. Should have gone for Jones. Jaden Ivy, yeah. Who isn't a Smith? But yeah, but, you know. Yeah. yeah so one. I mean, Killian Hayes. It's not looking now. I'm like, yeah, I know some of these guys, but like off the top you really of my head, don't, no. No, you don't. Marcus Sasser, James Wiseman, Jaden Ivy, Kate Cunningham, Bojan Bondagovic, Bojan Bogdan. I know all of those guys. Blah, 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 that that might be a G League game or something. I, I mean, know. like, yeah. I mean, I mean, Marcus Sasser has the ability to be good. James Wiseman is whatever. Is he hurt? Is he even playing right now? He, I don't yeah. even know. His his feelings are hurt. His feelings are hurt because he was with Golden State, and they said, "Get out of here." Um, so. Before the game, or before the game, before uh, we started, Corey, you were talking to something about um, Kelsey Plum or whatever. What's her name? Is yeah, that her Caitlin name? Clark. Caitlin Clark. Oh, uh, she's on. <laughs> she's on pace to to beat the scoring record. So, of, of, wait a minute, hold on. You did say something about Kelsey Plum, though. Right? Yeah, because she holds person. the scoring record. Okay, I was like, wait, hold on. And I was trying to describe who she was, and I and I guess we came to the conclusion she's like a great value Kardashian, Kardashian sister. Yes, like she, yes, she looks like a famous person playing sports, but you can't figure out if she's a famous person or an athlete. Yeah, she's a little bit of both. Yes, I and mean, that's but, what that's what athletics is, and professional right. athletics. Is you're famous, so you can't gotta kind of get him confused. Yes. I don't think we should have said Kardashian on this podcast, but you know we can Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, there Super Bowl, Super Bowl. Yeah, so um, she's she's on pace to beat the record. Um, I'm trying to think what her she beat Pistol Pete's record. No, dude, why not? So she has. <laughs> I'm gonna read an article from February the fourth. So this is maybe. maybe not fully accurate, but right. three thousand four hundred sixty-two points. Um, she trails Plum by sixty-five points. Uh, she's going to break the record, of course, and good for her. I mean, yeah, women's sports needs and college sports all it can get, and that's probably all that I was going to get this year is a nice um, victory lap with Caitlin Clark breaking the record, and they're not going to win a championship. Um, they got right. there last year, which was impressive, but they're just not as good. South Carolina looks. Good, good. Um, yeah. And I don't watch a lot of women's sports, but I was watching the other yeah. day, um, the coach for South Carolina. Um, they were doing their practice, and they were interviewing her. And they had all these dudes in these highlighter-colored shirts, and she's like, who are these guys, and why are they wearing these shirts? And, she, and they're no, like... No, this is my basketball team. She's like, this is the... This is who we practice against. Yeah, they travel every with every everywhere with us. We get a ring, they get a ring. Yeah, they're part of the team. We don't have a practice squad of girls. We have a practice squad of guys. Yeah, and they're physical. That. They play hard. And th- when we win, when we win, they win. And I'm like, that's impressive. And she's like, I don't know uh, other schools to do this. It may be. Um, I haven't heard of another school doing it. Who the, who are these guys though? Or is it like a club level team or like uh, it's probably some kind of South Carolina intramural or club level. It's not their basketball team, obviously. Yeah, yeah. No, but they get some they get volunteers team. from the university to come in and they're at every practice. It's like the fourteen UAE yeah. team or something. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I mean I'm assuming yeah, I'm assuming it's probably like individuals that could have maybe could have potentially walked onto the basketball team or like played high school ball but like weren't gonna make the cut. Um, and like that level of collegiate basketball. Do you think they let them cook? Like, if it's an actual intramural team, and they're like, "Hey, try to beat them." Oh I, yeah, they I, definitely I, want the challenge. Do you I, think they have a chance? Do, wait, who has a chance? Hold on, the guys intramural team over the South Carolina girls. I think if the guys intramural team played as hard as they could, I think they'd win. Okay. I, that's my. Be, it's an interesting conversation. I think and they, they don't, don't keep score. They're just like, let's just. Play. Well, they're not out there trying to 
get hurt. Right. I mean, there's going to be this level yeah, of like, so. okay, you get to that spot, like more often than not, you're scoring. I'm not going to, yeah. tra- I'm not going to. It like, just made me think, like, what if, you know, Indiana University's men were playing the girls? The girls, they're ranked. They look better than they have in a long time. They're not the best right. girls team that they've had, but they're not still not better than the guys. And the guys aren't good. They're, we're good, but we're not good enough to make the tournament this year. So, like, right. if you look at universities, is there a university out there where the is South Carolina girls, they're the number one, or their guys' team so bad that they would lose the girls? No. Yeah. Not, not their D1. So, and it's apples and oranges. But it is very interesting that they see the, the benefit of having a more physical, a faster, a more competitive game, even with – guys who wouldn't be walk-ons on their own male basketball team yeah. that are coming in and being volunteers for this. I think it's great. Yeah, um, no, I agree. And for, for dudes who love sports and they want to be a part of a championship, I mean... Why not? Yeah. It's cool, though. I, I think it's a... Amon Shumpert was talking once about if he thinks there is a girl today that could play in the NBA, and he's like, no. Um, not that Amon Shumpert is, like, the expert on basketball <laughs> everything, however everything goes through much <laughs> however does he have his own podcast he is he's, I don't on, know he, he's on a podcast he's on a bunch yeah. um uh, however he is honest um to a fault sometimes but what he did say the follow-up was was no not currently however if you took if you took one like he's i think he's maybe even said sabrina inescu you took yeah. her and you gave her four years in the nba then I think she'd have a chance. He's like, I'm not saying she'd make it. I'm not saying that she would have, you know, a bunch of playing time or anything like that. But like, that's the only way. She would have to train um, with you, the you, guys. You would have to train role. with men. It is yeah. a different game. Even well, Serena Williams talking about tennis said the same thing. Like, it's yeah. a different game. You, the strategy is different. The play is different. And it is it is such an it's just such a different sort of mindset at times. Because you're looking for, I mean, the plays are set up differently because people can jump higher, move faster. Well, I think INSQ, Caitlin Clark, they come from that same. Oh yeah, you know they they had older brothers. They played yeah. they played with the guys on the court and they proved themselves at those levels. Right. I mean, yeah, I could see it being a possibility. It would definitely um, be a guard of some sort. Yeah, I mean, you're not yeah. getting a forward or. A and there's some big there. girls playing, but um, yeah. the, the just the. The physicality would have to be sort of taken out of it at that level, and it would have to be a guard. That's my favorite. That's my favorite clip uh, on the internet. Sometimes when I'm having a down moment, I'll go watch this. Is when Gino Oriema, he was the coach for UConn. He, is he I think he still is the coach yeah, for he UConn. Is. Yeah. Um, Brittany Griner said that she would beat Demarcus Cousins in a one v one. Yeah. And Gino Oriema was asked about that, and he's like, "Who?" They said, "Who do you think would win that matchup?" And he's like, "Well, this is what I would do." He's like, "If." Um, so there are no refs or whatever. He's like, I would go and pull all the money out of my bank account. I would sell my house, and I would go and put all of my money on Demarcus Cousins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe that's what. Hey, um, Griner, if you want to come back from Russia, you have to play Demarcus Cousins. Right. I mean that. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to get politically into what I think should have happened in that scenario. But like I. <laughs> Gino Riemma is considered one of the greatest. Basketball coaches yeah. for women's basketball yeah. in the history of the game. I was listening to the interview. He coaches his sons like AAU teams. Yeah. And they had a good team, he said, a couple of years ago, and they were all going to come back. And they were like 11th in the, the, the rankings or whatever. And yeah. he said um, he had a bunch of his players that were leaving to go play for another team because coaches were like, oh, we want you to play in the games. You don't have to practice. And because he was 
right. they're practicing during the week and they run through stuff. He said the U.S. sports plays more games than they practice. Yeah. And Europeans, they practice more than they play games. And they're fundamentally more sound. They're becoming better yeah. at the sport. They maybe not physically or maybe not, you know, flashy, but they're better at the sport fundamentally because they practice more than they play in the games. Yeah. And our AU and some of our our developmental leagues are just playing games and not practicing. Yeah. And you got these guys who are they're not playing as a team. So a, so a guy right. who's up and coming, they've got to take their shots when they get on there because passing and rebounding is left for Dennis Rodman. You know, the one right. guy in the league that you can kind of bring in to fill that role and they're flash in the pan. So it's a, that's all the new generation of basketball is, yeah. is solo. But there's no te- I feel like there's no team basketball. Right. Yeah, so like who is the I'm trying to think of in the league right now if there's somebody that is even slightly comparable to a Rondo or a John Stockton um and I cannot I can't think of one. I mean, this is the reality. It's it's Jokic. He is the closest because he's the one that has you know, like a cons- pass first mentality, kind right? Of thing? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I, and that's wild because he's Ben Simmons. Feet it's because he can't shoot. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have options. All right, hey, we'll say. Hold hey, on. speaking of Rondo, he spent some time in um, Southern Indiana the other day. Yeah, in jail. Because <laughs> um, he's so. We, we, we were looking at that. They said the county, and I forgot what county it was, but it was like yeah. just outside of Bedford. Yeah, out of out of Bloomington. So random. In between like Columbus, and I'm like, how does he? How does one get there? And it looked like it was a path. From like Seymour to um, French Lick, like maybe yeah. he was hitting up a casino or something. I don't know, but it was wild. And I forgot the reason why, but he got a traffic violation and got in trouble. But uh, shout uh-huh. out to Rondo for being an Indian. Great point guard. <laughs> um, before yeah. we get too far from college basketball, I want to why not um, talk about a way too early Final Four? Um, hey, I know we won't go back to women's sports. Of course we won't. Sabrina <laughs> Ionescu, Steph Curry. Is that three point contest happening? Uh, I've heard I th- rumors this I th- year. I think it is. Yeah. I'm excited about that. Yeah, I think it's during the all. I think break. that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, do they get? Does like is she on her own goal? With yeah, I think, that with her own yeah. ball. I don't know how the rules are set up, but I think he agreed to it, and they're going to do it. I want to know. She, I think she I agreed to shoot from the, the NBA line. Oh, she probably shoots with her ball, which no which shot. is fair. She's not shooting from the NBA line. I think so. Lane, she, I, no, no, no. I mean, no, no. no I'm saying, that but I think it's more fair that she shoots from the NBA line with her ball than. Shooting him, shooting from her line. No, I know. I agree. I just don't. I just don't think that she has a chance now. Like, I no shot. But would anybody else? No one has a shot ever. Okay. I don't think anyone has a shot other than Carl Anthony Towns the other year. Who would she have a shot against? Carl Anthony Towns, <laughs> like Ben Simmons, Al Horford. Um, no, I no. Would you pay to see Al Horford? And who are you picking? Sabrina and I and Ionescu or Al Horford three? I'm Hunter. cheering for Ionescu. I am. I will buy an ISC James Efforting over here. I could see it. His mouth's he's, open. He's looking. He's like, well, I'm yeah. looking. It doesn't have any like rules set up yet. Rules. I think <laughs> it is. I think it's loosely. Saturday night. Hey, we'll be able to watch that at uh, Winterfest. Nice. Yes. Yeah, so let's do that. I I do think that. Oh, here it is. Oh, format: Steph versus Sabrina. Four ball racks with four game balls and one money ball. Okay. Fifth rack will be a special all money ball rack. Yeah. Can decide the. They can decide the rack. Da, 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 shot value. So they'll be able to put it that all money ball wherever they want. It doesn't say like the where the. I think line I, I think I saw a post where she said she'd shoot from the NBA line. Oh, right. here it is. We'll shoot from the NBA line, and Sabrina will shoot from the WNBA line. Oh. Uh, with WNBA balls. Okay. 
That's as fair, I think, as well, yeah. You can't give her an NBA ball and she she doesn't shoot an NBA ball. No, right. I mean, that's sure. Yeah. But I I, w- I could see her taking a step back and just get you one twenty nine point five. She can shoot from wherever she wants. I mean, she can shoot from wherever she wants. Doesn't mean it's going in. I'm not like it's going you, she's beating you in a three point contest. Yeah, but okay. I'm not a professional athlete. She's getting paid. Yes, to you are. Shoot basketball. You're a professional every, pickleball player. Yeah, that's a super different. Um, I'm just saying, she is she is getting paid very large amount of money to shoot a basketball only. Yeah. So and also she's also the face of the WBA. Not right. She wasn't even a starter last year for a team. Which is wild. But she's more marketable than the majority of NBA players. She right is now. she is an incredible basketball player. Yeah. Like I am yes, without a doubt, she's beating me in any three point contest that has ever existed. Like that is not I don't think that's up for debate ever. Yeah. Um I just I mean just Steph Curry is wildly known as the greatest shooter of all time. Are the funds going to the WNBA rosters or something? Like I think that's the only place them? it can go. No, it actually says it's going to both of their uh, charities. charities yeah. And then what? Is her charity what? the WNBA? Does she play no, for the says Liberty? SI20 Foundation is what hers is. Does she play for the New York Liberty? I think so. So can you name more players from the Pistons or the New York Liberty? <laughs> She's the only one I can name, unless Brianna Stewart is on the New York Liberty. Yeah, I think. Is it Stewart? Then. Plum and the other girls are on the other like the Las Vegas Aces or yeah something? they're they're two super teams yeah basically I just I want I want to catch you admitting that you know more about WNBA sports than you think you do I know more than I want to know um, but college basketball way too early Final Four on the men's side yes. because the women's side is going to be chalk because it basically always is so boring um, other than I think Caitlin Clark could make a, a splash here um, well that's what happened last year I. I we did a uh, girls bracket, yeah, because Indiana was Indiana a top seed Indiana or one of the top. And I'm like, put them to the Final Four, and then we didn't make it. I know, so, so. oh my gosh. Anyway, all right, so um, way too early Final Four. Are either of you ready to go? Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, right, James, ready to go? What do you get? Who do you got? Uh, my four is going to be UConn. This is no like particular order; just picking them. Okay. Um, I got UConn. I'm gonna give uh, UNC. Tennessee and Houston. Really? Yeah. No, no Duke? No Duke. No Purdue. Hold up. Wow. Say that again. I'm writing this down. UConn. UConn, UNC, Houston, and Tennessee. All right. Um, this is the way too early. Sure. Pick. Yeah. Uh, Corey? Um, UConn. Okay. Then hmm, Kansas, Marquette. And Kansas did just lose last night too. Yeah, they did. That's okay. I think yeah, they, they no, always figured out late. Yeah. Um, uh, Tennessee. Almost like Kentucky. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. So UConn, Kansas, Tennessee, and Marquette. Wow. I will say this UConn pick, though. they It's going to be interesting because they have not – I'm looking at their schedule. They have not played very many tough no, teams. They, they play played either. Kansas once, and there's a couple – I don't know. They Their strength of schedule is pretty terrible, if, yep. you, if you ask me. Um, you all right, Roman. I'm going to go Kansas. Uh, I'm going to say Purdue. I can't believe neither one of you said Purdue. They're trash. Um, I mean, they're 21-2. and two. They're going to lose um, to Indiana at home. <laughs> Just so Indiana confuses everybody if they should be in the tournament or not, and then people are going to really start doubting them. This is going to sound like a homer pick, but it's not completely Auburn. Auburn. No. Um, and that's only because uh, they played a couple teams, and 
they 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 lost that they lost those games, but both coaches were like, Auburn is the best team we played all season. Yeah, and uh, Purdue was one of those. Yeah, they were, Auburn is easily the best team we played all season. Mm-hmm. So, I I think that that's a that's a that's a possibility. And I'm going to go uh, Arizona. Um, oh, that was one of my possibilities. Arizona's Arizona. like Kansas. Yep. If they're paying attention and really focused, they can beat anybody. Mm-hmm. But I think they just lose focus. Um, I, 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 there's got to be a team out west that I'm missing, and maybe maybe it is Arizona. But yeah. you get that Oregon, or you get someone um, every once in a while. It's going to be interesting to watch. I, 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 my dark horse would be FAU. I'd love to see them. Yeah, um, they're struggling a little bit. Um, I'm a San Diego State believer. Yeah, um, so that's I think just, Memphis could be good. Um, they picked up um, they picked up some transfers, but. Yeah, because Mikey you get Williams some of these can't teams you just anymore. can't you can't depend on, and they play in tough conferences. Yeah. Um, some of these conferences are tougher than you think, but um, UConn do. looks elite still. Purdue has all. I mean, with with uh, Zach Eady, they look like they could dominate, but yeah. if they're not hitting shots, they're not winning. No, right? Because you can stop one person, even Correct. Zach Eady. Yeah. Um, so then the Dukes, the UK, the North Carolinas. You're going to get an ACC team, I think, and there's going to be an SEC team in there. I don't want it to be Kentucky, but it could be. Uh, Tennessee does look like they're seasoned, and a lot of people are picking them early because they've got a lot of guys back. Right. Um, they just they play with an edge. Well, that's like UNC. UNC, if they don't have a good run, and this is coming from a Duke fan, if they don't have a good run, it's a bust for them because they yeah. have some. They got some veterans on the team that, that they should make. They should make a run. Yeah, Baycott looks – I mean, he came back for this. Yeah. And they, they embarrassed themselves a few years ago looking terrible. Yeah. So, I think UConn is going to be – North a lot Carolina is going to be one of those teams. Tennessee, they play with an edge. This Vescovy kid, yeah. he's like blowing kisses to Kentucky fans the other right. night in Rupp Arena. And I'm like, I don't like Tennessee. Well, they, they barely inked out a win. I was like, I'm, I may fall in love with this dude. <laughs> it was pretty impressive. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I think this is going to be one of the better – um, March Madness tournaments that we've seen in a while. I think there's going to be a lot of games that come down to the final seconds of the game, which is going to require whoever has the best player to step up. Yeah. And there's only a few of those teams that have those guys to step up. Which, and I and I and I almost hate to say that because that just feeds more into what the NBA is doing. Yeah. Um, but. That's what they got to play to. Well, I think the transfer portal, a lot of yeah. the things. I mean, college basketball, you're seeing a lot more parity. Um, where it is difficult to be a powerhouse. Um, so it's – in yeah. last year's tournament, we saw a lot of teams we didn't think we'd see make the runs that they did. Michigan State? Because yeah. Tom – I mean, like, I, Tom Izzo is a phenomenal coach. Yeah, he's like and, 700 wins. He, yeah, and I, and I think that, like, coaching in college basketball may be one of the most important roles in sports, like, yeah. in general. Now, I mean, that's a, that's a bold statement, but I think that you see coaches – or you see teams – with seasoned, historically great coaches make runs that they probably shouldn't be making because the coaching is so elite. And they have those guys prepped and ready. That's why I think Bruce Pearl was able to turn around Auburn's program immediately because he's a great coach. Um, He's not Tom Izzo-level great coaching, I don't think. But, like, he's better than anything Auburn has had in potentially its history. Well, it helps, too, that you're – you're coaching for a university that has the desire to be elite. Yeah. And now, that doesn't mean Auburn is elite all the time. 
but they've they've seen what a national championship can do for their school in different sports, and they're like, yeah. hey, um, Alabama, you're seeing that carry over into a basketball program that typically wasn't. You're seeing that with Kentucky football a little bit, yeah. where now parity's kind of happening across the board in sports. So these universities who can figure it out, there's there aren't a lot of universities who are just good at everything. I mean, it's really tough to do that, and I don't know yeah. who would be the highest level of that. You know, Ohio State over the years have been really good in both, but not good enough in in basketball. Um, Alabama is sort of the similar situation, but um, but these athletic programs and these ads, these coaches, they get together. They're challenged by each other. They're motivated by success. Yeah, and you get a guy like Bruce Pearl that comes in, who is a really good motivator. And he's a good character guy. He's had some issues. Yeah. But everyone who's around him loves him. Yeah. Um, so it, it affects all the programs. I think I think it helps. Yeah. Um, and if you get negative and you get like illegal things going on, it affects it in a negative way as well. I will say February is going to be a tough month for Auburn. Um, their schedule moving forward. Tomorrow they play 16th ranked Alabama. Um, then Florida, which isn't ranked and whatever. Um, 15 ranked South Carolina. On the fourteenth, then they play Kentucky three days later, um, then Georgia, and then Tennessee, <laughs> and then you have to play your conference, <laughs> right? I mean, like your conference. It, it is a. I mean, but that also shows how good the SEC is at basketball. Yeah, I mean, I that's five ranked teams. Yeah, that's five ranked SEC teams in basketball. I think what 10, 15 years ago, you would have said Kentucky, maybe Tennessee, sometimes, and Florida. Yeah, SEC is definitely a very scrappy uh, basketball league. They, yeah, they beat up on each other pretty good. It's unfortunate. Well, I think because their success in football has carried some financial benefits to their basketball programs well, as yeah, well. The SEC fandom, I mean, the, yeah. like boosters and alumni, they yeah. they doesn't matter what the sport well, is, they want to see it. NIL desperately. There, so SEC football NIL will help SEC basketball. Yeah, mm-hmm. as as the most profitable conference. And now receiving even more money with Texas and Oklahoma joining, yep. um, with the Longhorn Network. Yeah, conference realignment's changing a lot of things. Yeah, too. and so I think we're going to see, I think we're going to see a lot more domination from the SEC in like across the board, purely because of NIL money. They're going to be like, hey, I we can literally pay you more to come be an athlete here yeah. if they can figure out how NIL money. Is legally supposed to be done. So Tennessee's back in trouble again. Sure. Um, I think Rick Pitino commented the other day from St. John's, and he was really like, "Hey, NCAA, get out of it." I know you can't. You have you have no authority. You, there's no clear way to, in which to do this. Everyone's trying to figure it out. Right. NCAA is going to get sued by Tennessee. They're going to get sued by some of these schools who yeah. are getting these um, penalties because. The NCAA is not clear on their stipulations, and it's a moving target. It's wild right yeah. now. So new coaches are struggling with it. I think this DeBoer for Alabama's kind of got caught up in some of that with recruiting yeah. already and people not being a transfer portal. I mean, it's a it's the Wild West right now. It's a lawless wasteland. Yeah. The NCAA is not doing a good job. So get out of the way. Right. Get out of the way. You'll be a gal. Yeah. And you get a guy like Rick Pitino, he doesn't care what you think. He'll say whatever he feels. No, he doesn't care because, because he bought prostitutes for his – Team. I was going to say it's because he's got the mafia backing him, but whatever. Oh, it's the same thing. I mean, like, whatever. I, I like they. Jeez, man. Long, quiet pause after you said the word prostitutes on a church podcast. I mean, it, it's a church sports podcast. Okay. Like, it's stop. scriptural, though. There's it references. is scriptural. Prostitution right. was in the scripture. It's, it's, not saying you should do it. Yeah. But it is a thing. So, transition. Um, <laughs> 
Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Speaking Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Super Bowl. <laughs> Speaking of that, the Super Bowl is in Vegas. Um, yes, and I did some research. It is. They do have a trademark since 1969 on the words Super Bowl. That's and if fun. you're using it for any marketable, like if you're if you're putting out a commercial, you can't use the word Super Bowl if you're going to make money off or it. Or like a podcast. And we're not making any money here. We're so not. Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super baby. Super Bowl. We're probably going to get shut down. Super Bowl. <laughs> Fun fact, Sony shut down one of our live streams at the church here because they thought we didn't have a CCLI license. And so it came on the Facebook page, and I was like... <sighs> at church or while we were watching... No, no, it was the, it was it was our like live Sunday morning live stream. Okay, and so I messaged them and was like, "Hey, we have a CCLI license for all these songs," and they were like, "Okay," and they like rescinded it, and we were good to go. But it took like a week. It was really ridiculous. Sony did, yeah, because Sony owns the rights to a lot of these songs, Ooh. and so. Uh, yeah, they were like they were out there streaming. Flag. The old well, yeah, we say that we're not being watched because we're we're small potatoes or whatever. <laughs> Sony will get you. Hey, Larry Sawyer, you know Larry Sawyer. He oh, was yeah. doing a Wednesday Sunday COVID Facebook stream. Yeah, yeah. And he was using some of the praise and harmony stuff. I think without. Oh, good. He got him. shut down for a while for that. And you're like, you talk about small potatoes. You're like twenty or thirty people watching a live stream. Yeah, man. What's that? Uh, What's that name? It was Big Springs, praise and harmony. Yeah. Larry Sawyer, where's that? Where's he was from? a he was a Louisville, uh, Oklahoma Church of Christ, and now he's mm-hmm. like Big Springs. Which um, if you know where Big Springs answer. is, no, we're friends because it is a. I went to college with his niece. It's a pothole in the middle between Salem and Palmyra. Hmm. I love it. Palmyra. I know that's not, the, but like. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I uh, before we really get into the Super Bowl, I. Um, Gathered. I didn't tell you guys about this. I gathered a list of facts about the Super Bowl that I'm going to quiz you guys on, and I want to see if you guys get it right. You so, like, like Dwight Schrute. Right cue there. the music. Facts. Uh, cue the music. Um, future Roman in editing. That might actually get us canceled. Yeah, yeah. Is that the prices right? Or I think it is. At least that's what it's supposed to be. Come on down, Roman. Yeah, that's the. That's <laughs> all right. So uh, these are things that maybe if you guys get any of these right, yeah. No, 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 not, not any of them right. Um, I think it is, is there a better chance of this or Pistons players? Mm, I would say this. <laughs> I would say. <laughs> all right. Um, so uh, these are Super Bowl facts specifically. Yeah. Um, so these are all just pertaining to the Super Bowl. All right. Um, most games played. Who has played the most games in the Super Bowl? In in the Super Bowl. In NFL history. The, as we know it, Super Bowl, because back in the day. Since it, since it was like Super Bowl won in 1966, I think, or 67. I think 67 was the first okay. one. Okay. You're going to make me look like a dummy here. All right. Uh, Who has played in the most Super Bowls? Green Bay Packers. No, no, no. Person. Oh, person. Human oh. being. Human being. Human being. Athlete. Athlete. I'm going to say Tom Brady. Tom Brady? Um, it's probably like a long more Super Bowls. <laughs> so. Um, man, you want me to be quick with this? I'm not really quick with anything. Um, Harrison Lamb. Hmm. That's where he gets it from. I don't want to say Tom Brady because that's too easy. Um, this is where you cue the Jeopardy. Yeah, I don't know. It I is know Tom Brady. Good job. Um, with ten games played, ten, games played in played. ten Super Bowls. I did not. I wasn't. Wasn't prepared for that. Um, all right. <laughs> Most passing yards. 
which quarterback has the most passing yards? And and you get to answer first. In all the in like, Super Bowl history, in one game or collectively? Collectively, Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Yeah. Uh, over over under. So far, we're one hundred percent. It's correct. Over under three thousand yards for collectively for Tom Brady. For Tom Brady, over yards. over under three thousand yards. Over. In ten games, yeah, I'd say over. Yeah, just barely. 3,039. There you go. Yeah. Um, all right. Most rush yards collectively. Um, mm. Emmett Smith. Okay. That's a good one. Um, oh. Mm. I don't know where to go with that. Can I give a B? Should, should be Marshawn. He needed that extra yard. But well, Can I give a Thurman that's Thomas? That's rough. Thurman, that's a good one. I'll go Emmett. I know. Go Emmett. No, it is Franco Harris. Dad, okay. he crossed my mind. But Franco, Franco Harris. Harris. Um, over under. Did the immaculate reception count into that? Is no. a rush? That was no, a pass game. These are rush. These are rush. Wow. Over under. Four hundred yards. Over under four hundred yards for Franco Harris. Under. I'll say over. Under three fifty four. There you go. Mm, that's um, close. Round up. Most sacks. All time. In in a, in the Super Bowl. In the Super Bowl. Stuff. Yeah, this is this is a fun time. Let's let's see here. Um, we'll right. give you the hint that w- there's a tie, so there's two. One is a more recent player, actually currently active. Uh, Von Miller. That's one. And then currently active. Lawrence Taylor. Incorrect. Dude, I don't even know where to go with that. Most sacks? I mean, you almost have to go Reggie White, but well, that's what I was but he was only there know. once or twice. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't Charles know. Haley. Charles Haley. That's Cowboys, right? Uh, I Cowboys believe so. Yeah. yeah. Um, I knew that was a possibility, right. too. Now, but, these are... Someone from the Cowboys. These are single game records. Not right. career, just one game. Single game. All right. Most passing touchdowns in a single game. Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Super Bowl? Super Bowl. <laughs> um, Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Passing touchdowns. I would actually just play. Kurt Warner. Okay. I'm going to go Tom Brady. Uh, incorrect. It is Steve Young. Okay. Over under four and a half. Over. I think he got five. Six. Six. Wow. Um, in Super Bowl 29. Is that the Bengals one? With the Chargers. I guess the Chargers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, all right. Oh, oh, yeah. This is a good one. Um, most receptions in a single Super Bowl? Julian Edelman. Jerry Rice. Uh, Rob Gronkowski. No, the Patriots... James White. James White. Yeah, um, running back screens. I forgot about that stuff. Yeah. Over under 12 and a half. Under. It's kind of a tricky. I feel like you're setting us up here. I'm going to go over. It is 14. 14. 14 is wild. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, th- I thought Patriots. I know Edelman has a ton. Um, was it Kelsey now has more catches than Rice? Than Jerry Rice in, yeah. this, in the postseason. Yeah. Which is wild. He also went 11 for 11. We'll talk about it later. Um, all right. Most sacks in a single game. 
Are you using your phone, James? Cheater. Mm-hmm. Most sacks in a single game. Um, there is a there there is a tie, so I'll I'll honestly take any of these. Hmm. It's a one, two, one. Sorry, I put, try to say the microphone. One, I mean, two, three, four-way tie. So Charles Haley or Von Miller are likely because they have the most sacks overall. But give me Reggie White for the for the most in one game. Reggie White is correct for one of them. Okay, yes. I'll go Haley. Incorrect. Um, Reggie White, Darnell Dockett, Ooh. Con, no, Coney Ely, sorry, and Grady Jarrett. Um, all with three there in a go. single game. Reggie with the Minister of Defense, baby. Um, all right, single play records. All right. All right. So not game, just one single play. Longest field goal in a Super Bowl. Sebastian Janikowski. Um, yeah, you can either say how long you think we'll say how long you think it was. That, that not not don't say who, how long you think the field goal was. 58 yards. I was going to say 55. Ooh, 54. Okay. By Steve Christie Steve versus Christie. the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. No, versus the Cardinals. No, yeah. The Cowboys in Super Bowl. Chankowski would have had to have been that one time the Raiders were in. Uh yeah, Bills. Bills yeah. yeah, it was hey, that's wild. Bills made a field goal. There you Crazy. Go. Uh all right. Longest rush play. How many yards? In a Super Bowl rush play. How many yards? Um James Harrison. Golly. I'm gonna say Colin Kaepernick. Okay. Um thirty eight yards. I hate that. It's not Colin Kaepernick. I don't even want to give him any credit. credit but he has, like, most rushing yards for a quarterback in Super Bowl. I'm going to say Marshawn Lynch. Uh, no, that uh, it is Willie Parker for the Steelers, 75 yards. Okay. Uh, I figured there'd be a one big hit run, um, but I know Kaepernick has some kind of records for, like, rushing yards for a quarterback in the Super Bowl. Um, all right, this will be the last one. Uh how many punt return touchdowns in a single game all time? How many or who? Just how many? In one punt return in one Super in a Bowl. single game. In one Super Bowl. We're going two. In a game? Yeah. Jeez. Two. That's that's a that's extreme amount. That's a lot. I mean, but I'll like one. Devin Hester did exist. Devin Hester did exist. Dante Hall. Dante Hall. Uh, the answer is zero. Actually, there has never been never a been. return touchdown in Super Bowl That's history. Yeah. I was, I wanted, I was thinking zero. Yeah. I, was, I went, I went the over on the one. There's going to yeah, be basically. a, there's going to yeah. be a trick eventually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's plenty. This is all. I took them all these off ESPN. Cool. I, think I got one right. <laughs> um, yeah, but I there, there's so there's so many there's so many stats. We did decent. You think you did? I think you I did thought our solid. guesses were competitive. Yeah, I thought I thought those were solid. I also didn't prepare you for that whatsoever. Yeah. Which was which made it even better. Yeah. Uh, but you know the the Super Bowl is such an iconic. I mean, it's consistently the most watched thing on TV. Um, yeah. So, uh, and as a Chiefs fan, I'm I'm in you know paradise right now because I mean we're in it all the time. You're like an Alabama fan That's in what college. We do. Don't compare me. No, to no, 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 no. I, I was thinking about it a lot. I, how how else would you compare it? Like you're talking greatest dynasties over the last. And a dynasty is what at least three or four years of domination. 
right? So, yeah. so Kansas City's a dynasty. Alabama's been a dynasty well, over the last ten years. Golden State, Golden no, State's like, a dynasty. To be in the same so I was listening to the radio on the way to to work this morning, and there's a certain point where the world turns on the dynasty, and you're like, we're tired of you. Oh yeah, and we don't want to see you be good anymore. And we're getting to that place we with have, Kansas City. We have reached that place. Yeah. Taylor have, Swift doesn't help. I like the Taylor Swift Kelsey stuff. Yeah. I mean. I don't care. I don't have any conspiracy theories behind it. Um, it does draw more attention to the sport. Whatever. Let the dude live his life. Um, I don't understand. I don't. I don't understand the hate and why that's the Chiefs' fault. That's what I don't get. Like, do they not? Do people not? Because the rich get richer. People are tired of seeing someone. Right. So it's a win. Sure. For the Chiefs to have Taylor Swift. But on do the their people sideline. not understand that? That is the media that controls all of that. Like the Chiefs care. aren't over there, like controlling the cameras to Taylor every time Travis Kelsey Roman. catches the ball. I are think you that's kidding? The biggest problem just, is people don't know that the media people are does control that. Did yeah. you just say are people not aware that the media manipulates them? No, of course, of I mean, course. Come I said that out loud. on, dude. I want all of you to know that if you have complained about Taylor Swift on TV, you're dumb. You're part of the problem. You're dumb, and I hope that you're hearing this, and I hope you go, "Wow, Roman just called me dumb." I mean it. I mean it. I am so tired of that's like all my Facebook is is people complaining about the Chiefs as an organization because of Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift dating. Like I'm not even going to watch it. So I'm going to see Taylor Swift fifty thousand times. Like get over yourself. You don't watch it. No news is the only bad news. Good news, right. bad news. As long as it's in the news, it's beneficial for people. Yeah. I like. I mean, to an extent, there's some bad news that could really mess up, mess up. Sure, you know your marketability, but for the most part, yeah, it's marketable. It's marketable, right? There are a lot of cultural phenomenon in the United States, of course, that's insane, and that we are foolish to think that we're not perpetuating these things to happen. And they're not all good things. No, there are some disgusting things that our society, yeah, is proud of or that thinks is a joke that put. Marginalized people put people in some really tough places. Pornography right. is one. It's absolutely yeah. disgusting. I can't believe there's not more laws against it, and no one wants to uncover what it's really about. Yeah. And so people are just getting taken advantage of. We're not talking about that level in sports, but $26 billion worth of bets for the Super Bowl alone this yeah, weekend in Vegas. You're yeah. telling me you think there's not marketing? There's That is a lot of money. It's unbelievable. There is an, so, an over-under on how many times So if people aren't aware of that, they're not thinking about how much legalized gambling now affects sports. Oh, of course it does. So we'd be foolish to think that, oh, sports are pure and it's an even playing field and all those things. No, it is wild. I mean, imagine being Pete Rose. Play. Imagine being Pete Rose currently. Sure. I Who mean, is placing bets on the Super Bowl? Guaranteed. Of course he is. Because, I mean, I, I am not a gambler, mainly because I'm afraid that I'm really going to like it. Um, and it's it's not that I think that I could I don't know I could fall into that I I'm assume gonna, I'm gonna, but this isn't a confession but I really like to play cards yeah I'm I'm, I'm competitive in all the right. things that I try to do like if I'm lighting a campfire in my backyard I pretend that I'm on Survivor that's awesome like how quickly can I do this like <laughs> like if I'm folding bit. laundry I'm like if I was in a competitive scenario I'd be killing it right now <laughs> so like better than when we're talking jumps. about just random stuff right but um I am. I am over competitive on on some of these levels, right? Sure. Um, we get to you know some of the things that we see played out in sports, and I don't think people are paying attention because they're not not competitive, or maybe they're just not thinking about you know 
um, why people care so much. But the Super Bowl is is wild. That much money is wild. It is it is a lot. Um, and it, for me, it, the only thing that keeps me from trying to be a competitive card player, like to be on the World Series of Poker, is that I would have to explain how I just won so many million dollars to my church. <laughs> we would really appreciate that 20% tithe, though, or 10% tithe. Or it's a, it's a double. And when it's a gambling money, it's 20%. No. It is. For all of our conservative, conservative listeners, we do not believe that. <laughs> but but I do love... I I got wet, well deep into that like World Series of Poker rabbit hole for a while. Where I'm like, this oh, is yeah. incredible because it's this marathon of sort of sporting event that you don't have to be necessarily athletic for. You could just be a thinker and a player and play the margins and the odds. And I was yeah. like, wow, it's it was enticing to think about getting a part of it. But spending $10,000 to enter into that was oh. a huge barrier. Yeah. <laughs> but then I what would that. I do if I won that? It's like winning the lottery. Yeah. You know, have you looked at a, I don't know how many million dollar Powerball and you're like, maybe I should play a ticket. Yeah, but but if you guys, win, then like, great, my life has changed probably for the worse, and can I keep my identity right. out of this? Yeah, yeah. But how many guys have entered the World Series of Poker with ten grand and like won something and then walked away? Like, it's just right. A, it's a roller coaster. And gambling yeah. or lottery, it ruins more lives than it helps. Right. Um. So you know, we were talking about that Vegas, mm-hmm. um, Super Bowl in Vegas, twenty six billion dollars. Right. Um. How, do more people get married in Vegas, or do more or are more marriages ruined because of Vegas? <laughs> uh, definitely the latter. Like the I latter. have a brother who is married in Vegas. I love it. That's awesome. That's one of my. That's a boss move from him. It was. It is. He's like, hey, you know, we're just gonna go do this. We're not gonna have a big ceremony. It's really funny. Actually. And um, I'm. I mean, I was never more proud of that scenario. And also, like knowing him ish. I don't really like, know him. Yeah. But like, it's really that's that's such a good. It, so it was the right move in that point. It, it was like, but I wonder how many marriages and his marriage is strong. So like. Take that Vegas, but how many marriages are ruined by Vegas because of gambling or because of unsavory activities that go on there? So, yeah, I, I um, yeah, it being in Vegas is a wild is is a wild idea. Um, one because of what Vegas is. I mean, more often than not, it's what its its nickname is Sin City, right? So that's all there is there. Because I mean, yeah, I mean, other than that, and like really good buffets, I hear I've never been, um, which is kind of. Like, I used to live really, like, semi-close to Vegas. We didn't go, which is whatever. But um, I I do think that, I mean, the Super Bowl is such a, like, it brings so many people in. And the people that it brings in are typically people with lots of money because to get a Super Bowl ticket is a, is a, a ludicrous amount of money, right? Or people like, with bad habits, Roman. Well, Christian McCaffrey could not afford a suite at the Super Bowl. I don't know. I don't know if you guys heard this story or not. Him and like his dad and his like he's a his, former NFL Super right, Bowl like winner. They combined could not afford a Super Bowl suite. And Christian McCaffrey is the second best player in the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's he's the best running back, and he's it's he's arguably the second best player in the it's Super probably Bowl. Taylor Swift bottom ball. Right. I mean, that is wild. That like he is not able to afford that as someone who makes yeah you know. I mean, million, hundreds of millions of dollars as an athlete playing in the in the game. Yeah, that's crazy to me. Uh, and so you get people that can afford those kinds of things, and you throw them into a place where, it, I mean, there's it's essentially like this hoarding of money because like that's what the whole city wants is you to give them their give them your money. That they're all designed to do that. That I don't know people's lives. I don't know James kind of said it. 
before um, that like could genuinely be ruined because of the location of the Super Bowl. Now, is it is it the NFL's fault? Of course, it's not. Um, but we shouldn't pretend that the Super Bowl isn't that like the Super Bowl isn't on in, in isn't in Vegas on purpose. I will know? say, I think this year the Super Bowl is going to break more records of <laughs> things that go on at the Super Bowl that we would don't want to admit happen. Right. Than ever. Because Super Bowl, we were in the Dominican together. We were in Sasua. We were working with um, Go Mad. We were yeah. working with Love Does. They work with um, getting women out of sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. And they said, what time of the year? What time of the year is their biggest clientele base? It's from Christmas to the Super Bowl. Yep. And the Super Bowl is the biggest time of the year. And that's in Sasua, Dominican Republic. Yep. Because all these people are flying in. And the Super Bowl is an excuse to not watch sports, to not gamble. It's an excuse to indulge yep. in whatever because it's a can't miss moment. Yep. And so societies, societies, not just the US, across the world, they're betting on this, they're participating in this. Everybody's distracted by the sports right. and all the fanfare and all these unsavory things are happening. And it's just accepted because of the good that they see in it, right? And so it is a dangerous moment being in Vegas because Vegas also has that as an undercurrent in Sin City. Yeah. So there is going to be a ridiculous amount of terrible things that happen behind the scenes of the Super Bowl. And I know the Super Bowl doesn't want to talk about it. I know the NFL doesn't want to have to manage it. But it is, it will be out of control this year. And it's scary to think about. Yeah. Um, not to put a damper on our conversation. No, right. Well, I mean, but I mean, I can't avoid that. I mean, we just were off a call about how our trip went yesterday with um, some of the team from Mana. Oh, Kevin and um, Jeff Reese. Yeah. And we talked a little bit about, um, you know, how our trip went and some of the things that we were excited about and some of the things we were disappointed about. And I, and I, it reminded me of how important it is for us to be in prayer for Sasua, for the Love Does ministry, for these ladies who are on the streets that are trying to not be involved in that activity. Yeah. Because it's life-changing money for that scenario for this weekend. But the, it is just like Vegas – it, do they have more marriages or they have more divorces come from it? There's more negative that comes from it. And it's embarrassing to think, but the Super Bowl's always been just that big culmination. It's that must-see event. Mm-hmm. And um, and with that has come a lot of things that people aren't paying attention to, and it's, it's well, sad. The amount of people that will just go there, whether they have a ticket or not, just because it's a city, they can hold it, and they can be in that environment with those people and still... You know, do those yeah. things. You know? Yeah, so there, there's going to be all kinds of, you know, goods that are sold that aren't legal. There's all going to be all kinds of crime. Yeah. There's going to be all kinds of prostitution, drug use. You know, all those negative things come into those scenarios because people are letting their guard down, and they're not seeing it for what it is. Um, any marketed event, any holiday, there is there are people taking advantage of those scenarios because we've let our guard down to see the goodness in it, yeah. and we haven't really kept our focus on the negative that can creep in. So Christmas... It's one of the purest, one of the most beautiful things that I grew up being a part of. It's, it can, there's a lot of negative in that yeah. marketing of things going on there. And we've lost the sense of why it was good in the first place. Anything that's good can get taken to a too far of a situation, there's just like our diets in America, yeah. right? So um, the Super Bowl is just one of those things that I, I, I think we have a responsibility to talk about. Um, talk about the negatives that come with any kind of positive thing like that. And um, if the spirit's not in it, if people aren't thinking on a, a positive mind frame from like um, a healthy sense, you know, 
a healthy faith even, then um, then you're foolish to think that the, that the Satan's not going to be involved so, in some negative ways. I mean, like, why even have the Super Bowl? Like, because we, there's twenty six billion dollars being bet on it. No, I know. We're, I mean, we're talking about, I mean, money, and I mean, now, then maybe the question is: should be, will we, should our small groups be g- gathering together? To yeah, watch should it? we, should we support the Super Bowl? I, I'm going to say yes, because I refuse to believe that it is only a negative, sinful thing. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, it because it's. Because our small group is going to get together and yeah. watch it, and we, there is going to be fellowship, and there are going to be good things that come from it. However, if if the Super Bowl was in Green Bay, we're probably not having the same conversation yeah. because of the because of what I'm not saying we not not the exact same conversation is what it'll I'm still saying, bring some of those things some but of those not things to the magnitude that Vegas yeah. would. not vague not what Vegas brings but I think at this point when it's in Vegas and we know we know about the scenarios that happen of course I think it is important as we're watching it to look for the good in it because there are right. still people that are good in it there are still positive stories in it and then at some point we need to stop and pray for the things that aren't being really discussed. And yeah. we need to be aware of the things, the negative things, and any good that we see. And I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist because I don't think churches just boycotting everything is, is right. good either. I, I don't think us choosing to go live as Amish and turn off all of our electricity is going to make the evil go away. Yeah. Right? You can't bury your head into the sand and it's going to go away. Right. But, but some of um, refusing what's popular in culture to um, to stick to what's, what's vital to who we are in a sense of our faith yeah. is important. And so if we're going to watch it, that's great. So let's keep a, I'm not saying with children present, we talk about all the statistics of prostitution, but I think maybe with the adults, we do have a conversation and say, hey, this is something, this is a conversation we had while we were in Sasua, and this is a good opportunity. Use this podcast for that. Super Bowl, yeah. we're going to watch it. I'm going to, I cannot wait for the commercials. I cannot wait for the marketing. Yeah. I cannot wait for all the weird prop bets, all the fanfare of it. It's a must-see event, and I'm in. Yeah, but I'm not foolish to think that it's pure and good. Yeah. And so, whenever there's that much money coming into it, it's obviously whenever there's money involved, th- then it's going to be corrupt at a certain level. It's going to be corrupted even more in the future because people are going to try to market toward that. So, just being aware and having enough sense to be balanced in what we're experiencing, um, I think, is very important. I would be curious to see like what like a local church scene in Las Vegas looks like and how they would approach like all these people coming to the city and be an like interesting mission trip doors open like I don't know that'd just be interesting do we think we could get our church to support us going to the Super Bowl in Vegas as a mission trip maybe no. it's a little late for that but it is um I'd be kind of baller though yeah um so I'm off my soapbox but but so, for real I mean so the game let's talk about the game itself yeah, yeah, yeah. uh I mean it's it's Chiefs 49ers so this guy did a list of like the ten best players in the Super Bowl, and um, he left Brock Purdy off the list. Sure, which I think is a no brainer. Ten players in the, this year's Super Bowl. in this year's Super Bowl, right? And he left Brock Purdy off the list, and everyone like lost their minds. So who's like, our list of ten? Yeah, who are your, who's your list of ten? Um, uh, I think for me, uh, number ten is Brandon Ayuk. Oh, we're ten. Um, I was just going to try to go from one down. I'm going to go ten, <laughs> ten to one, ten to one. I think Brandon Ayuk is number ten for me, mm. um, mainly because I think that there are other players that impact the game more over Brandon Ayuk. Now, obviously, it kind of depends on the 49ers' game plan, but he's also going to be covered by Willie Sneed and. 
Willie Sneed's one of the best corners in the league. So he's going to have to do – he's going to have to be spectacular. I'm not saying that it's not possible. And it, it yet again, it also completely depends on the 49ers game plan, which we don't know because Kyle Shanahan is wild. Um, and we, you can't completely predict what he's going to do with their game plan because sometimes George Kittle could not even be on this list if they if that's not the game plan, right? Yeah. Um, however, I think his run blocking and pass blocking brings him into this list regardless yep. because of how good it is. Um, but I, I think as far as actual impact players, I think we need to go top down to, to really know who's going to be at the bottom. Because, I mean, we, we may fight over. I think it's too easy to go from 1 to 10. Well, because make it difficult. Right. Make it hard, Corey. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to even think. Of, I mean, we're combined between both teams. Yeah. Yes. Both teams. I mean, I, mean, I don't know. I've, I've also, I don't know. We don't, you don't have, I mean, we go from 1 to 10, I guess. It makes it because I didn't like tell you guys we were going to do this. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I mean, Mahomes is up there, number one. I think Mahomes is one. Mahomes, yeah. All right. Hey. So, Mahomes is on the list. Um, Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey's on the list. Kelsey's on the list. Kelsey. Kelsey. Debo. Um, De- I, I take Debo over um, Brandon Ayuk. Oh, absolutely. Okay. What about like a Nick Bosa? Yep. I, I was thinking I would, Bosa. I would pick Chris Jones over Nick Chris Bosa. Jones. I'm picking Nick. I'm picking Chris Jones over Bosa, but he's there, so that's six. Yeah, Trent Williams. Yeah, um, for the 49ers is I um, think is so. If right the Eagles team. were there, you'd be you know Jason Kelsey. But like, are there any centers? Are there any? I mean, you're gonna. I mean, Humphrey kickers? Humphrey's for is the center for Kansas City, and he's he's incredible. But like, I don't think that yeah. they rely on. So like Williams, I think is a lineman. Um, do you have um, Brock Purdy needs him? What about DBs, safeties? I, I mean, it's Willie Willie Sneed is Sneed. the one that I can. Uh, Fred Warner as a linebacker for so that's nine. Um, so that's nine. So what, you're what you're taking Ayuk as your ten over Pacheco or Pacheco. You're taking I, him over Buckner. I mean, someone who's a situational player that they may that one play could change the game, right? So that's right. It's tough. I mean, like I don't disagree. I think Ayuk is a a a major player in this conversation, yeah. but I would say with San Francisco, George, George Kittle down too, by the way. George Kittle, right? George Kittle's not on that ten, and I picked George Kittle over Ayuk just because of blocking and receiving <coughs> and after catch play. So, um, so it's it's such a star-studded group between the two teams that you almost have to start at the top and make sure you get a Chris Jones in there. Well, Nick none Bose of those players there. are anybody without these fundamental guys. These the linemen or right. the, the DB, like yeah. none of that means anything if you don't have a blocker. Or yeah. and, when, and Chase Young didn't even get mentioned. Yeah. I mean, he he was probably the best player on Washington's team that got traded, and he's not even the best right. player on this team. So, um, it, it, yeah, I mean, some I, players that I don't even know their names because I'm not a fan of necessarily either team at that level. Right. But uh, but I know the defense for we probably need more defensive guys from Kansas City because their defensive represented more than the offense has this year. Oh, yeah. I mean, if, I, I think that without without Chris Jones and and Willie Sneed, those are two guys that are really um, – I mean, they're the core, they're the yeah. foundation of, of that group. And I think Ayuk has the potential to make more plays, but Valdez Scantlin could be more important for Kansas City. Right. Well, I think with, or without Ayuk – Without Ayuk, you know, Brock Purdy – Rashi Rice. Without Ayuk, Brock Purdy has – no legitimate downfield threat. Yeah. And yeah. what that doesn't do is give Christian McCaffrey space. What that doesn't do is give Debo Samuel the I'm going to catch the ball 
five yards down the field and get a bunch of yards after yeah. the catch that doesn't open up any of that space. Now, George Kittle, every now and then, you're not depending upon George Kittle to get you a catch 20 yards down the field on a regular basis, where Ayuk is absolutely capable of that happening. Right. But yet again, we're talking about what will Kyle Shanahan's game plan be? It'll probably be run the ball because that's what Kansas City is the worst at. Yeah, and then you, you got Jennings too, who's an important part of that. Yeah. The the 49ers without any of their receivers, like if they're missing one of those, it hurts cuz yeah. if they can't spread, then they can't run. Yeah. Um if, if they can stick to a game plan and the game could stay relatively low scoring, I think they're a lot more dangerous team. That's the than, yeah, than that's trying to outscore. Yeah. But I don't think Kansas City's game plan should be to outscore. No, I don't I don't think that's their plan at all. But I think in a in a game that comes down to offense and comes down to momentum, I take Mahomes figuring that out before oh, I do yeah. Purdy. So if if it's to gameplay and it's game script, I think 49ers are at the advantage. So it's interesting to think about. And that's a good question. Top 10 players in the Super Bowl because there are a lot of guys that, you know, I think about offensive guys first because maybe that's what captivates my attention yeah. more. But, um, but the defensive lines, I mean, the 49ers – they're going to have to be able to run the ball. If their line isn't good, they're in trouble. Yeah, I mean, I if Purdy's running for his life, if Chris Jones is, if he's if he's not six or seven, if he ends up being one or two on this list, and if he's Super Bowl MVP, the game's a, over. I was going to say it's a blowout. Yeah. I mean, like that's the reality. If 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 Chris Jones ends up being the best player on the field during the Super Bowl, <laughs> it's a blowout. Yeah, I mean, and and that's. That's wild to think of, and it, but it's also completely possible. I do think it is possible. I think he sat out early in the year because he knew it's possible. And if he brings another championship to them, because he yeah. can. You know, you talk about sack leaders. Von Miller was, is one of those guys that you bring in for these scenarios. Yeah. And you knew Super Bowl time, if he's healthy, that team has a chance. And he made all yeah. the difference in the world in the games that he played in. So it's, that's a, yeah. Yeah, I didn't even think about Trent McDuffie. Um, second year corner for I mean like yeah they have, yeah McDuffie and Snead are wild um, in the backfield Charvarius Ward uh, the corner for San Francisco Charcuterie Board um, Charcuterie, Charcuterie Board Charcuterie Board <laughs> uh, Creed Humphrey is the center for Kansas City I can't, I can't remember Creed how do I not think of the name Creed um, Tooney Golly there's so many there's you know Legarius Snead Kadarius Tony Willie Snead it's Legarius Snead Kadarius Tony he won't play because guess what? <laughs> he's hurt. He's trash, and he is hurt. Um, he's not actually hurt. Um, no, I, I think it's going to be a. I think it it could be a really good game. I hope that it's a good game. Yeah. Obviously, as a Chiefs fan, I want the Chiefs to win. So who you got? The Chiefs. <laughs> I I have the I have the Chiefs winning the game. We and both, well, you and I picked Chiefs. You picked San Francisco last week, and you were like, "Hold on, it's too early. It's not too early now. We have to make our picks." Yeah. I'm going so, Chiefs. Going Chiefs. Yeah. I think. I think. And, it, and it, for me, it it boils down to the Chiefs' defense is legitimate, and Brock Purdy is not. Um, in my in my opinion, I think that this is the biggest moment he has ever had in his life, other than he just got engaged. I guess. Um, yeah, probably a better. Probably yeah, a better. Depends on who you ask. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think that. Yeah, I, I mean. There's there's going to be nerves, and if the game plan is going to be don't make mistakes, uh, Brock Purdy's going to lose. San Francisco's one one and a half point favorite. Of course they are. Uh, um, I'm going Chiefs too, and I think it is quarterback. I think they've got the ball more. Um, 
Hopefully, as long as it's I, a good I would game. love to see, and this isn't yeah. because the Chiefs have been there. I'd love to see 49ers. I'd love to see Brock Purdy get one. <laughs> you know, it's all that underdog story. Sure. And and I love, I like, I like watching Patrick Mahomes. He's, yeah, man. it's incredible. It is what a time to watch, um, to to see Brady do what he did, and then Mahomes just step right in. Yeah. So if um, it's crazy. There's a part of me out. that just wants him to keep winning, so people forget about Tom Brady. I would love that. I would love that. There's not, there aren't many things in sports that I would actually like. I would pay to make happen. And I hate for Mahomes or some off the field stuff. Um, oh, with his brother and his, his dad. Yeah. And, so like, yeah. but he seems to be able to manage that. He managed that last year. Yeah. With all the distractions, so he just seems he seems to be a guy that can figure it out. I'm going Chiefs, and I don't think it's going to be as close as people think. All right. Well, yeah. Okay. Oh, so let's say let's say score now, so that we can we can you know I give you a second. Um, score with your with your pick i'm gonna go i'm gonna go chiefs um 24 17 there's 20 28 21 28 21 okay 24 17 28 21 um let me go 28 17 28 17 that sounds i probably should have put a field goal in there somewhere but let's just go who knows yeah it's in vegas yeah is a legion a dome I can't remember. It doesn't matter. It's Vegas. It's not like there's going to be a lot of wind in that space. So anyway, who was 24-17? Me. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be – I don't think it's going to be decided by a field goal or whatever, but I, I think that, that – and honestly, I think that 17 happens late in the fourth and it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, it, it could but, be. It could be down to that one and a half. It could be a one-point victory it, and the Chiefs could make a, a drive at the end. They haven't had to do it in the last two games. They've been able to just run the clock out. Yeah. Something tells me I think it's – it's going to be a little more out of hand than people wanted it to be, and people are going to lose interest in it by the fourth quarter. I would love for that to be the case yeah. as a Chiefs fan. Um, as a as a football fan, that's not what I want. Um, I am looking forward to the Usher halftime show uh, and the Reba um, national anthem. I'm looking forward to... It's going to be great. Peace up, A-Town. Um, I think we need to make a series of videos of making that noise with, like the oven door or yeah. you know your dog whining in the crate you know and like edit it and see who's the best maybe we can have a youth group challenge whatever group rusty challenge. door you can yeah. find yeah yeah That'd be pretty so. awesome actually all right so it's been been talked about on this podcast is a can't miss event that leads into what our oh, top forgot five we had a draft here yeah, yeah we, we haven't, haven't drafted yet yeah uh so we're, we're drafting you know life's can't miss moments um maybe being a little bit sappy or emotional or whatever in this kind of you know it doesn't have to be but i think that you know looking at the the super bowl is something that you know i'm if i have the if it is if it is possible in almost any way i'm watching the super bowl um do and the, the thought process was do i feel that way about other things in life and and the reality is is of course we do uh, and so, um, but it'll be interesting to see the three of us kind of how we view that. I imagine is, um, I mean, three men, it's going to be probably a little bit similar, but I'm sure there'll be some differences from growing up in different areas. So, uh, Corey, I think you have the first pick, um, if I am not mistaken. This will be interesting. I'm trying to, I don't have a ton on my list and I think we're all going to hit some of the same stuff. So it's going to be really, we're going to be fighting over some things now at the, at the point in life that we're at, I think our list could be a little different. Mm-hmm. But James, you and I have kids, so we're going to be fighting over that. You're a budding father. Yeah. Got one in the oven. Um, I'm going to say can't miss your anniversary. Yeah. Um, you can't miss that um, celebration between husband and wife. 
Um, and then I'm 20 years into that process. And so now it's can't miss the actual number. You know, the first year, you know, you're eating the, the frozen cake and all the, th- the things that you do. Right. Yeah. But like can't miss the anniversary. I think um, yeah. that's an important one. That's whatever one, maybe not my, at, not my most important one. Yeah, and that's 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 a lot because I mean I'm not saying that my anniversary is not important, but there's some other things on my list that are really really important. Yeah, for a father, but um, I'm choosing that first because I'm trying to get that out of the way between two other Mary Ben. Uh, am I second now, and then your your last James? Go for it. Um, I don't I don't, I might be stealing this off your all's list, but it's currently one of the only things I could possibly think about. And then it's like the birth of my child. Dude, you don't even have a kid yet, man. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Off my list. Like I I because that's I mean, I that's that's all that's run through my head for the past I mean, obviously months. So you should have said right? pregnancy. Pregnant uh, I mean I was no. you have to the be pregnancy there for the... journey. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, when he said anniversary, I was like, "God, I got a kid now." Yes, let's do it. Absolutely not. Where do you think I was going with that? Uh, I mainly because I was it's I was jokingly talking to Lauren uh, like a week ago, and I was like, "What if something comes up and I just can't be there?" And she was she was like nothing, she was like <laughs> where, literally where are you gonna be? She's like literally nothing can in quotes come up for you to not. How be invested there. are you in the process? This is a lot to talk about. No, I'm like, here for it. I, I'm I'm super invested. Like I, I I don't get me wrong. I'm not like peeking around the leg to take a look. But like <laughs> that is I I the idea of like cutting the cord and and all those things. Right. I think are I I want to be a part of that. Um, just because I think that I should be. Yeah. Uh, I, it'll be interesting to know what your scenario is here in the states. I. Yeah. Grayson, I was in the room. But it was a lot less invasive than it was for Harrison because we were in the Dominican. Yeah, and like I had, I had a camera, video camera, like camera, and yeah. they're like, "Here, come down here," and they're allowing me to record. Like oh, I have wild. live action. And it's a C-section. Oh, but, okay. But right. Harrison being pulled they let out. You in this for that? yes, and they're like, "Here, That's come down to the the feet," and and so I have photos, and sometimes. All the photos that are on our computer just kind of when it when the screensaver yeah. comes on, and occasionally there's like a live action photo of Harrison being pulled out with the umbilical cord still attached. <laughs> that's awesome. And you you could see inside of the wound. It was Whoa, graphic. That's, that's and I'm like, wild. what world that's am I living in? Definitely a DR thing. You can. And I'm not a I'm not a side of blood. I don't like the side of blood. Like I'll pass out that side of my own blood. That's so awesome. I'm like, why am I doing this? But I but yeah, if someone told me I needed to be there for it, I was. Um, but yes, it'll be interesting to see how invasive that process is. I know some doctors are like, here, do you want to catch the baby? I'm like, nah, no. Yeah. Yeah, and then it was boys, circumcisions, umbilical cords, all those things. I'm like, I don't want to mess any of this up. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I could really mess this up. So, all right. Sorry, James. Sorry, James. And Corey, I guess. I took them both yep. on your list with the, the guy with not a kid yet. <laughs> uh, but you're welcome. Uh, my first one is going to uh, hearing the f- hearing daddy from the child. Oh, yeah. oh I thought you were going to say words. from your wife. I was like, yeah, yeah, first word, not not first words, daddy. Just daddy specifically. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. okay, yeah, yeah. Because words, you try? do you try for it to be the first words? No, I think out of the four, I think it was dad over mom a couple times. Oh. But I think it's just it, just an easier word. I think. I yeah. think like you dad, should have another. Like, and it will work to make sure daddy's the first thing that the new yeah. baby says. Okay. Just so you have another child. Just start playing music like <laughs> near her stomach and it's like daddy. Right. right. Yeah. So not first words, just your words, you being the first words. Yeah, pretty and much. I love that. 
like goo goo gaga. Like who really yeah, cares yeah. about that? But like the cooings, you know, that's cool. But yeah. you know, no. Okay. We're, we're going daddy. Um, and then I get to pick again, right? Yeah, man. Um, next one is going to be first steps for a child. I have four kids, so this is pretty much all kids. Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, first steps are pretty pretty awesome. Like it's such a anticipation. You have the crawl. You start with the scoot. You know, yeah. you do the crawl. You do the. It's just and it's, then the steps happen. You know, my life is over. Yes, now they it's are, like start chasing. Yeah, we're on it. And when you have yeah. more than one kid, you know, it changes the defense for sure. Like we're, we're running a man to man. The third one comes yeah. in. Like we're zone defense now, and they're right. all on. They're they're all moving on feet. When, and times. as a first parent, first first steps, you're like hovering around, like yeah. helicoptering. By the you know by four, you're like, all right, just yeah. don't fall too hard. You know? Yeah. Um, all right, this is a crucial moment for my list. <laughs> um, I'm a youth minister, so I was going to go there at some point. Um, I think a child's baptism. Um, that was going to be a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. Um, you don't have children yet. <laughs> yes, but I, I feel like I have been a part of a, a whole bunch cow, of dude. a whole bunch of, of, of kids' spiritual journeys and the power of I've, that moment. I've yeah. never wanted to miss one of those, even as someone who's like not who's not a parent. And I by the way, I would recommend is even if you're not a parent and you have the ability to be a part of that yeah. that that part in a kid's journey, do it. Be there because yeah. it means a lot. I don't know if you, um, I've been in youth ministry before. Um, I always challenge the the people who are there to, to take on that role, being a part of this yeah. responsibility, being that family. And I like challenging the the child to say, or the right. adult even, write a letter to yourself in this moment. Yeah, what are you feeling? But yeah, um, yeah for me, dude, the the baptism of both my boys was such a big moment because right. um, their eternity, their spiritual. Um, their spiritual welfare, all those different things, man. I mean, and we know in in youth ministry, there's a certain age which they're really susceptible to sort of making those decisions. Right. And if they don't, after that, it's tough. And um, there's nothing more important than my kids going to heaven. No, right. And so both for me, being able to baptize both my boys, um, phew, it's huge. And so that that took a lot of pressure. Not that they're now... They've still got to work out their own salvation. I still have a, have a job of parenting, but I, but I, I talk to them different now that we're brothers in Christ, and it does take a lot of pressure off of that that believing yeah. and um, in baptism stage. Of I think one of the faith. things that parents do better than anyone else on the planet um, is wanting heaven for someone more than themselves, mm-hmm. and I think that that is, in my opinion, like the definition of. Christianity. Well, Apostle Paul talks about that a lot in his writings. Yeah, right. It's like I mean, his desire for people to be saved. Jesus came to seek and save the lost and yeah. gave his life for it. So, like, there's a lot of self-sacrifice in that belief that that's so important. And, yeah. Um, and when it hits your own children, you think, of all the things I could be successful in in life, my marriage yeah. and my, my family ought to be prioritizing that. So Yeah, no, for yeah. sure. Um, I'm sorry that I took that off your list. No, that's uh, terrible. But I don't, yeah. Those are one and two. I got one and two on my list. I really appreciate that. I hope that the rest of your list is wrecked, and I'm going to do a go. good job at it right here. Springwheel Bible Camp is a must. Is a must. Um, that was on the can't list. Can't miss. And, it, and it's not. It is camp, and there are big events. Yeah. But Springwheel Bible Camp is the most family reunion that I have. Yeah. And, um, it, I mean, I've, I've baptized my children you know, Grayson's baptism was there at Spring Mill. We've got yeah. um, big life decisions. We came back from the Dominican 
early for, as missionaries and literally straight to camp. I remember that. I remember Rick Leach. I called him and I said, hey, how are you on staff? And he's like, oh, I'm pretty full. And I was like, well, I know. What if I what if I had somebody that could fill a spot? And he's like, oh, and I'm like, what if it's me? And it's like, we're coming in. Yeah. And we're coming straight to camp. And right. we needed that because we were we needed a soft place to land. Yeah. Spring Mill Bible Camp. And it is specific to Spring Mill. It is. Um, I don't get emotional, but the first time I went to camp was John Mustaine, Danny Morris, um, Danny, John were, John was my our preacher. Danny was just giant bodybuilder. Sherry, his wife, who passed away this week. Yeah, um, you know they're just it changed my life at a, at a younger age, and to see that carry out in my kids' life. Springville's a special place. Man, I love Springville Bible Camp. Shout yeah. out Rick Leach. Um, shout out um, Ashley Holt. Ashley Holt. We've been working together on that. Um, so um, that one for sure. And then um, kids' sporting events. Dang it. Yeah. <laughs> we pregame this, but I don't even care now. Uh. Um, for me, I've got two boys that are involved in swimming, cross country, lacrosse. Um, and it's not just their first event. Yeah. It is trying my best to be at every event yeah. because I know they're looking and I know they want to talk about it. And sometimes they just need that extra push. Because sports are tough. Yeah. Uh, being being elite or competitive at sports is hard to be at that level. And so feeling like you're a failure or managing a loss or just having the anxiety of all the things, just being there for them. Um, I want to be their biggest fan. And so um, that may not seem like a big deal for a lot of people, but for my kids, I want them to, to remember that I was there for them in those moments. So Right. No. Dang it, that was... Yeah, you were too broad on that one, man. That there was, was so many. Three. That was number three. You just three. took a big one. Uh, all right, I'm going to go um, yet again. I, and most of these are going to... I don't know why most of these are geared toward... Eh, it doesn't have to be kids in general. I think um, this... No, no, no. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll change it, actually. This is a... I think not as big of a defining moment as some of these others that we've talked about, but I think it's more defining than what than some people will even imagine is when a kid comes back from their first year of college and they want to get lunch, go to lunch. Yeah. Go to lunch. If, if they reach out when they're coming back, mm-hmm. it's a big deal. It is. That's a huge stage in life. And, and, and so they're questioning everything. Don't, don't miss that. Yeah. Because it, it means way more your presence, not even the things that you say, not even what you even talk about. Your presence alone means more than you can ever possibly imagine. And, I uh, too early on didn't understand that, and and now I'm like, yes, I don't care what else is going on. Like that is, that's what's happening. I'm going, and um, I think that has that's made a difference here with some kids. Um, well, for them to think of you after things that they've seen and done over the past year, I yeah, it's a pretty powerful thing, right? And and, and that that relationship. I mean, the, the stat here is, and that people use it all the time, but like the stat is we lose over 70% of kids, the church in general, um, loses over 70% of kids after they graduate high school. So to like do anything you can to maintain that relationship means so much to their to their faith and, and potentially their salvation, and we got to care about those things. Um, so go to lunch. It, it's, it'll honestly probably be delicious, so just do it. <laughs> All right. Uh, my next pick is going to go to, uh, for me, it was um, this most recent uh, mission trip to DR. That yeah. was a pretty uh, pretty powerful, you know, week for me. I mean, I think it 
it definitely changed my life the way I think about things and just the way uh just seeing the things and it was a uh, it was pretty pretty important thing for me. Yeah. Um and I'm sure you, I mean you guys have yeah. been on them as well just life changing. Yes. Yeah. And, I mean, and if they don't there's you know there's right some other things going on there but Well, and uh, it immediately affected our congregation who saw it through our eyes but haven't seen it yet themselves. Yeah. And you know something special when you come back and you have a, an idea of how it could help yeah. or an idea of what fundraising you could do or an idea of how much impact it would make. And when it, when it surpasses that by leaps and bounds, you're like, all right, there's something really special about this. Well, I'm st- like on a daily basis, I'm still in a prayer. It's like, please put me in that situation. Like, show me where I can be in that. Like, yeah. Yeah. As a lifestyle kind of yeah. thing. So it's, it's definitely pretty... Uh, Pretty moving. Um, next one is going to be moving into the, I guess, quote-unquote, forever home. Okay. Mm. Like moving into a new house. Our most recent house we moved in about two years ago. That's it. The plan is That's to stay spot. forever. But, you know, yeah. Renee's on Zillow every other day. So I don't, even, <laughs> I don't I don't ever say that anymore, but I get it. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, you know, just the comfort of space, you know, a yard and the, the bedrooms that you need and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, Community yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's that's a that's a good one. Well, I, we, I'm not there, but we yeah. moved on to a street where the median age was like 98. So, so you're not there, Roman, but there's nothing stopping you from taking it just you're, out of turn, yeah. just because that's what you've done this whole list. <laughs> you guys are welcome. You want uh, Mr. Feeney too? <laughs> Take him. All right, that's right. That's all about Mr. Feeney. That's what all this is. Um, I'm going to say uh, graduation um, a- as. And it's graduation from almost anything except fifth grade. I'm not going to that. Um, well, now they graduate every grade, every stinking grade. But <laughs> but but like high school and college are so important to individuals now. High school is obviously, in my opinion, more important than college is um, because it's a necessity in life at this point. But I, it, it's one of those things where kind of like going to lunch is. It's your presence and knowing that they are feel that like they have a support system, that they have family, that there are there are individuals other than mom and dad that care about them. And sitting through a graduation is one of the most boring things of all time because you don't care about anyone else except that one kid more often than not. Yeah. Maybe a few others if they're in the same graduating class. If we did like, some over unders on how many loud shout outs or cowbells you're gonna hear, then it's a little more interesting. Especially yeah. it was a big class. Yeah. Because I know they're like, don't shout out until, or don't clap until they're done. No. This is my graduation. I'm doing <laughs> yeah, it every time. <laughs> doing it every time. Uh, yeah, so I, I think that that's a, that's a defining moment. Don't miss your own, by the way. Like, get good grades, uh, all yeah. you kids that are listening. But, like, I, it's, I think what kids are missing now more than ever is, is this support system from other, other adult people in their life. The idea of, because I, I grew up, my family was so close with some other people that they were, like those adults were always at all my stuff. They're at my t-ball games, they're at my one year of soccer that I sort of regret playing, but like, I mean, but they were there supporting and cheering just as loud as my parents were, mm. and that seems to not exist as much as it used to. Yeah. Um, I wish that that was a part of church culture again. I miss that desperately, um, and you know that's something that I, you know, as the youth minister, I should probably work on more. Um, but I, I think that, I mean, I don't know what I think it was like an average of five adults in a kid's life yeah. to like make a serious impact. Mm-hmm. Um, that needs to be a thing. 
We, shout out to all the small churches. I mean, it's hard being yeah. a, a bigger church in a, in a large community. We're not a big church, but Churches of Christ, maybe. Um, but we have so many people who commute in that being connected to actual events in people's lives is very difficult. Right. But if you're from a small town and you could, I mean, yeah. you could be at those events because, you know, you have the av- availability to be at them. Right. That's a really unique way in which churches can support that they underestimate. Yeah. Um, so if you can be at an event and, and and support those kids, I mean, that's one of the things I did as a youth minister. There's a picture that shows up every once in a while. I think Ryan Holt had a soccer game, him and a few others, that played at um, Silver Creek yeah. in, in southern Indiana, and we showed up. It was an away game because they didn't have their own field then. We right. showed up at Henryville, and we all had signs. We had like a 12-foot banner, and we were just awesome. cheering obnoxious. And the, the opposing team was like, you're louder than our own fans. This is an away game. What is this? And we're like, hey, we all go to church together. Yeah. And it made such an impact, not only on the kids who were playing, but people who were watching were like, wow, what a support from the church. So it was it was cool. I love those moments, and I wish we did it more. Yeah. Um, all right, your last two. Last two. Um, this is one that I, that, um, that I have, that hopefully I have in mind for my children. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's um, overcoming your first disappointment or major adversity. Yeah, that's a huge milestone. Yeah, um, I pray for both my boys to be put in a situation where they have to try something or do something that's hard and fail, and then do it again. And so, like, I kind of equate it to like I I did a marathon once. Yeah, and uh, I'm like, this is impossible. And then when you complete, when I completed it, I was like, oh, all right, it's not as hard as you think. It's hard. Right. It's not as hard as you think if you if you you know. Are Disciplined in the disappointment, but overcoming disappointment. More people's lives are wrecked. Yeah. More people's um, situations crash around them when they just don't know how to respond when things don't go well. Literally texting someone today, hey, one step at a time, yeah. respond to adversity. Life isn't about, you know, how how much you succeed, but how you pick up from the failures, right? Yeah. I mean, that, those are all those moments. So that's a, a huge moment that um, not only for my kids, but um, for my own life. Yeah. And then, um, I guess personal for us right now, I was researching some lists. Um, you know, you said having your forever home. I think the first home was a big deal. Mm. Um, it's sort of that yeah. that decision to sort of be financially independent. Right. But um, but for us, it's opening a business. Yeah. Um, that's a huge thing. And I didn't understand how big of a deal that is. Um, it's, and it's it's a big risk. But it, it not only is a new financial marker for what the potential are for Laura Beth and I and our kids, right? But how we're involved investing in the community and what that can do for the Dominican, what that can do yeah. for my church, how that can be reinvested, how we can be advocates with our business for things that are underappreciated, right? And so it is a very unique responsibility now. Yeah. So it's a huge deal. And it seems... In America, it's almost ridiculous. You're like, oh, just open your own business. Like, that sounds insane. Right. But, and it's easier than maybe it should be for some, and maybe it is for us. Maybe we'll fail, and that'll be our next big adversity. But the potential of that changing the world around us, because we can then reallocate funds and influence into more positive ways through that that (laughs) ministry of business, I really think it's important. So that's it. Um, Overcome major disappointment, four and five, own opening your own business. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Woolen Harbor, by the way. Right, Woolen, Woolen Harbor. Yeah. Not Wool and Harbor. No, Woolen, Woolen Harbor. Woolen Harbor. Um, I said that wrong for a long time, by the way. Sorry. I just want you to know that. Um, you know how you can say it right? 
woolen. You know, come buy come buy a rug or a oh yeah or a pillow or we bought like a candle or something at one point. <laughs> I don't. I, and Lauren, I think bought something else. Anyway, um, I uh, my last one is um, it's kind of a downer, but I don't really know. Like it felt necessary. Um, when someone experiences like personal loss, yeah. I think that's something that you can't miss. I think you got to be there for that. I, I think that that is something that I have experienced um, within the past year and was more of a deal to me when there were people around me than I realized. Yeah. And if, and this is more for, you know, like don't miss the opportunity to be with other people, um, which maybe is, is essentially my whole list is like, don't, don't not be there for someone else. Like if you can be with someone, be with someone. And through those moments is when the greatest impacts are made, when you develop the deepest part of your relationship, because that's when they know that like that's, that's who you are and where you're going to be and is with them. And people care about that. Uh, and to then a person to, to experience that personally, um, I can, I can say without a doubt that like, that that bonded me to more people than I realized that it could because having friends, like some people say, is really hard. I'll tell you what. Uh, yeah. Um, we shared in a moment a few months ago, we had a, someone had a loss here at church, yeah. and I didn't respond or I didn't know to respond in a certain way because culturally yeah. losses or experience are celebrated differently. And so I was just unaware of how important... Um, writing a letter or making a call or yeah. being in that moment was for certain situations of people's lives. And it was one of the most humbling ministry experience. I cried in my office because right. I never felt, I felt like a failure because that person felt like I didn't care. Right. And it wasn't that I didn't care, but I didn't know how to process and explain it because I just didn't understand the, the magnitude of it culturally. Experiencing loss in a different cultural perspective understanding, researching, being in those moments, even when it doesn't make sense. And you're like, why would I be here for this? And not just for, you know, the mom or dad or the spouse. It could be for a pet. Right. And I'm not putting equating those at the same level, but for a child, the yeah. loss of pets a bigger deal than it is for me, right? I grew right. up watching Old Yeller, and I'm like, that's just how this ends. Yeah. You know, your kids have a different attachment to those things. So choosing to learn how to pay respects in a different cultural level and and sort of understanding the nuances of that, it's a big deal relationally. Yeah, yeah. All right, James, you get to wrap it up. There's a couple that I'm thinking about, but I think uh, to stay on par here, I think I'm going to go with uh, meeting the wife. Yeah. Uh, for me, it was uh, you know we kind of dated for a while before we got married, uh, off and on. But I don't, I definitely wouldn't be sitting here if I didn't meet her. She, you know kind of got me on a straightened path because my 20s and teens were pretty troubling yeah so uh meeting her and then in turn kind of uh brought me to christ so i have to mm. say definitely uh very thankful and that was a can't miss moment because if i missed that there's no telling where i would have been shout out to renee hume shout real, out to real renee, mvp man. right that yeah i mean that, like the the idea <laughs> of like not like taking that risk and that leap for like with the one right yeah um, dude, I was like, I met Lauren and I was homeless. <laughs> like, so I get it, dude. That's wild. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing um, what a woman can do to yeah, change man. the trajectory of a man's life. Yeah. Um, Lord, best same way. I would not be here um, if I hadn't met my wife. Yeah. Um, 
That's a heck of a Wives, pick. please listen to the last two minutes of this episode. Yeah, please. <laughs> Not the rest, but the last two yeah, minutes are yeah, really yeah. important. Um, um, hey, there's one that um, I don't want to pass without saying it was on my list. didn't make it to the top, whatever. But yeah. go to church. Oh, yeah. We, we can underestimate that, that yeah. but uh, the fellowship of believers, the being... Yeah. Um, being Committed to you know the Bible study and all the things that we do at a church, and um, but but showing up and that's for college kids as well. Find a church, you move your transition yeah, in life. Find a place. I don't know how I would manage celebrations in life, tragedies in life, adversities, all those different things without faithful people in my life. I just don't know how I would just be in the world figuring it out. You'd yeah. be in Sin City this Sunday. I'd be at the Super Bowl. Uh, all right. Well, hey, um, it's gonna be a good. It's gonna be a good weekend. Hopefully, um, there'll be a Super Bowl, so yeah. uh, we'll be watching it. But hey, thanks for joining us this week, and I hope you uh, join us next week as well. See ya. <laughs>